Hello and welcome to another episode of the Growth Podcast. I am very excited to have one of my team members here today, Bill King from Drift. Thank you very much for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And Bill, what is it that you do here at Drift? I lead our acquisition, which is basically SEO and and paid acquisition as well. Awesome. And I'm super excited to talk SEO because I personally don't know a ton about SEO. Do you want to give a quick like background of how you learned about SEO, what you've done and how you landed here? Sure. Yeah. I have a pretty random path to the SEO world. I actually started my career as a online poker player. And when that kind of disappeared one day due to the changes in legislation, I kind of woke up one day and was like, what do I do with my life? At the time, my passion was writing about baseball. That passion turned me to how do I build the following? And I literally went from what is SEO, literally typing that into Google, to now working alongside you and trying to build a, one of the biggest startups in America, hopefully. But yeah, it truly started with me just having it as a passion project and then seeing, hey, I really am interested in the intellectual challenge of this and turning it into a career. That is awesome. I, I knew parts of that, but I didn't, I didn't know like the baseball thing led you to, yeah, that's cool. Okay, awesome. So as I mentioned before, admittedly, I don't know a ton about SEO and I feel like there are a lot of baseline things that I have learned about SEO from Bill. So we're going to talk today, like if you are like a huge SEO expert, this is probably not the best podcast, but if you feel like you're trying to learn some about it or you don't really know a ton or you're interested in how to think about it from like a growth type perspective, this is going to be a a good conversation because I'm mostly just going to ask Bill a bunch of questions (laughs) and we're going to go from there because I'm going to learn along the way too. And also disclaimer, I have some congestion. I'm getting over cold. So I I may cough at some point and hopefully not get Bill sick. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think my perspective of SEO is that it's this thing that you do and it helps you get ranked and get more traffic. And generally it's something that is a baseline that everyone should be doing at some point. And one of the first things that really opened my eyes to like the real power behind it is Bill showed up one day and said like, Hey, like I have learned that there is this opportunity for us to invest in beyond like the normal SEO type activities. And to me, that that was a, a really interesting way to think about it. So I would love to know, like, how do you think about SEO from this type of perspective? And then we can jump from there. Yeah. So um, really, search engine optimization is a specific type of optimization that you can do for people to get your information, right? The traditional sense is I build a website. I have Google index that website, and then it's a competition of who can outrank the other person to be the the person you look to to get information. But as you look across the different niche areas that you can potentially be in, that's when the stakes kind of change, right? Mm -hmm. So as a traditional B2B business, most of the web properties that we have are behind this kind of wall, right? We have our website, then we have our product and all that sort of internal stuff stays with us that's actually kind of like technically like they call the dark web, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the information in the world isn't available online. Now, Google does its best job to find as much of it as humanly possible, but most information online is actually behind a wall of some sort, right? So if you think about what are all the places that people are looking for information, what are all the different topics that people are looking for information? In our specific use case, that vehicle is our website, but then there's other places. Like we've worked on trying to get folks to find us through the Chrome App Store, right? That's a technically a search engine mm-hmm. where people are looking for an app. 
every single day you use Amazon to find products or services. That's a sort of like own property where they have their own internal search engine. It works just like you would if you have on-site. Think about our customers who are looking for information on how to solve support problems, right? Mm -hmm. That's still a search function. People are still looking for information. And so what Google's really mastered is the ability to find this information, prioritize it, and then display it in a way that is relevant to individual people, right? But there's many, many other ways that you can actually do it online. And so I think the like a lot of the innovations in SEO you're seeing are outside of the traditional forms, which are Google being searched, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so there's like these new horizons out there where you'll see a lot of innovation like app store optimization. We have a app for Drift, so you know it would be in our best interest to rank for that. But really anywhere that someone has a stored data set and you need to query data off of that, like those are the types of opportunities we look for, particularly in the startup world where most people are on Google. The stakes couldn't be any higher to be at the top of Google. As competition increases there, you'll see folks looking outside of those properties to find value. So that's where you see a lot of these other opportunities popping up in the space. It's interesting because to me, maybe I'm not as well read as I should be on, on this space. Like I mostly think of SEO as like a Google thing. You're saying that there's all these other spaces where you could just think about, all right, like you need to be found somewhere not necessarily Google, but it could be one of many other platforms. Like there's tons of products and platforms like Twitch. Like how do you start showing up in Twitch and YouTube and all these kinds of things? Are the playbooks out there to go learn about all these new things? Or is there like a community of people that are figuring this out as we go? Like I know when we were looking at Chrome Web Store, it's like, all right, well, who quite knows how to figure <laughs> this thing out? It's the Wild West a little bit. So for most major ways to get traffic, there have probably been some people who have either dove into it and done some experiments or there has been some sort of research. And sometimes it's really hard to find that, right? Mm -hmm. So Google's been around for forever. People know that you rank highly on that. That's where most people are looking for the information. But there is a tremendous amount of value to be the first person or early on mm -hmm. in some sort of rising platform. I mean, when you saw the App Store increase, yep. people built massive businesses off of Evernote that. Evernote started there. Sure, yeah, yeah exactly. So the stakes are pretty, pretty high on Google. And like the thing I like to think about all the time is there are some businesses that are built on the success of Google. Think about Facebook's early days mm -hmm. when people were building a ton of apps on there and the knowledge graph was still sort of like coming around. It was the Wild West, right? Nobody had really kind of figured out the playbook for that. Mm -hmm. Google's kind of pretty much figured out for the most part. Like. People pretty much have a good understanding that are in the search industry of how to monetize that platform. But there's tons of opportunities out there. And I think, like, really, if you take a step back from SEO and you think about, like, what are people trying to do, people are always going to be trying to find information. Now, the vehicle that they use to actually retrieve that information certainly is going to change as, like, preferences change. Think about Drift. I mean, we, we built a conversational marketing platform, right, that's supposed to reduce forms and help people buy easier. Well, the same thing's happening in SEO where people still have a desire for information. Now, the places they look for it might vary, that the ways that they access that information might vary. Mm -hmm. So you as a professional need to make sure that you understand these changes in just human behavior and keep up to date on those things. But also like consider that if you build your entire business off Google, which a lot of people just have to because that's where the, the demand is, you also want to like keep in mind that 
behaviors do change, right? Behaviors change, and so like you want to understand how those systems work so that you can make sure you can benefit from them. How do you, as the person that's doing SEO, stay up to date with those behavior changes? Is it just like you're looking at Google Trends or, or you're just like keeping your eyes open in your day-to-day life and you're realizing that no one no one's talking about it this way anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say like I think the most successful people in SEO keep an open mind yeah. and it's similar to the growth process where you're uh, applying a framework of testing and validating a hypothesis. It's very similar to, to that same process. And I think like the people who are out there innovating versus people who are out there optimizing are out there running a lot of tests in this sort of like it's almost like its own world. There's not a lot of concrete things we know for sure. It's a lot of correlation. Like, hey, we, we've seen a bunch of websites that have done this, and it turns out that they rank highly. Let's try to test that for ourselves, validate if that's true. And so early on in your career, you're going to find a lot of best practices. But if you're looking for, like, the real sort of innovation that's happening, you have to dig a little bit deeper. And so that's why you can find communities of people who are doing that. I think for me personally... I didn't really, really get into SEO and like the whole idea of it until I found that. Mm-hmm. So when you find people who are super passionate and they're working in a world where it's not clear what the best play is here, to me, that's the most exciting part of search. And I think that will always continue as you see stuff like voice and everything else kind of become the predominant way people search. Interesting. Okay. So I want to I want to dig into this. Like you paint, like there's two distinct types of SEO work, there's the like actively just optimize and make better or the innovation piece. Like at what point, if I'm, let's say I'm listening to this and I'm saying, I know that I need to hire an SEO person soon or I should hire an SEO person sooner or maybe I should, at like which one do I want? Do I want like an optimized type person? Do I want an innovate type person? Does it matter my type of business? Yeah, I think it really depends on the business. And I think the most famous like phrase in SEO is it depends. So for Drift, because we're we're going really quickly and we know that our persona kind of like lives on Google search to retrieve a lot of information, makes a ton of sense for us to go out there and try to squeeze as much value as humanly possible out of Google search. But if you are a startup and this is something I bring up all the time and I have it written down here on my, on my notepad, which is like, what's your competitive advantage, right? So if your competitive advantage isn't something you can clearly state, And you can say, well, if I look at these other brands that are ranking, what is it about what we do that makes us special? If there isn't a clear answer there, that's when innovation becomes way more of a priority versus optimization, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have an existing website and it's been around for a while, you've gotten a lot of press and media coverage, you likely have an opportunity there where you can squeeze out a lot more value just by doing sort of like basic foundational elements. But if you are someone who's going up against like, let's say, you're a new music streaming platform, it's gonna be a tough road, right? So you have to start thinking to yourself, how do I find ways for us to grow? And sometimes that is search, sometimes that isn't. I think the best example of you know, folks who are out there innovating is like they pop up and they're able to monetize search, but they do it in a way that maybe somebody hasn't done before or maybe it's not as competitive, if that makes sense. Yep, and how do you decide if search is the way for you to grow as a business? Is it like get an SEO person, try it for two months? Like, are you are you best off getting a consultant to just work on it for a little bit? Or should I be the one to, like as an early founder, like should I be the one that learns it and, and like tests it? Yeah, actually, I, I think that's, well, first of all, I think as, as, a, as a founder or someone who's early in a company, it's good to at least understand it so that you can at least understand like, is this a place that my users are already? Are they asking questions around 
things that I can potentially answer or sell to. I think people initially go on Google with the intent of selling something, then they realize that there's actually quite a bit of opportunity to answer questions. If you look at like a good example is Quora. Early in the early days, you would see some people spending a lot of time and energy on that platform because it was undervalued across. Like answering questions. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's always going to be valuable. It's just about like, where are people asking those questions, right? So if nobody was looking for help on how to grow their business, Google search might not be the greatest place for drift, right? If that makes sense. There's ways that you can go ahead and create demand for a question, and that would be more of yeah, like that's an that's interesting. Right. How so, do you do that? so let's say nobody's heard of conversational marketing, right? That's exactly the, the type of thing that we – it's a category we created, right? So when I joined Drift, there are already people who are looking for that specific topic. Mm-hmm. But there are some really cool plays you can do where you can find existing demand, create some change perspectives on it, and then – create your own demand. That's a that's a steep hill to climb if you're new to search, but that might be the easiest way for you to create an edge or value in that case. In our case, we created a brand new thing to call conversational marketing, but that's not always required. If there are people out there who are asking questions and you're willing to put in the time and energy to not only create the best question, but to create the best experience and to go above and beyond, you can still win today. Just about question of like, how steep is that hill? Talk to me a little bit more through how you how are you doing the demand creation in that process? Is it just you're like finding the keywords that are similar enough and then you're ranking for those and then you like educate people along the way? Yeah, I think I think it's about like questioning the norms, right? When everybody was doing traditional marketing and Drift was like, well, we have a path we can take here. They got to a crossroads. They were like, we can either go up against people who have more money, more budget all the advantages that they have, which also impacts how you perform in search. Or we can go address these things, create some disruption in that space, and call it something new, right? That's category creation. That's a brand new kind of topic that you can own. I wouldn't, like, bet my entire strategy on that, but it's something you can do, especially early on when you have really passionate early adopters into the things you're doing, creating something that's your own. And if your company grows, that also will grow as well. So that's an opportunity. I think just having like an opinion is really important, right? And being able to go out there and add to the community. There's many folks who have built their entire careers off of finding niche communities and just adding a ton of value. And then those people become known. They're able to monetize that off of creating either different avenues or just by becoming that person for that group. How do you think about aligning yourself with the strategy that, let's say, Drift is choosing? Are you like making the opinions and then bringing those back to the team and saying like, hey, here's what I'm gonna go after? Or are you like watching the internal decisions that are being made and then just like making decisions along the line of that? Like, I I wonder, what does good look like from that perspective? If you think about the in-house versus not in-house, I guess you could call it, that's an interesting thing to think about. So if you're working for a brand and you're not working in-house, you're really mostly going to be trying to sort of like monetize as much out there as possible. Mm-hmm. The challenge with in-house is that you um, you have many, many sort of like hats to wear, right? You have to be the evangelist. You have to be the person who executes. And those have their own challenges. So how do you think about those decisions that you're making in terms of what to go after, right? Like, 
are most or good SEO people operating on their own and just watching the strategy decisions that are being made in the company and then you're kind of following suit? Or are you operating and saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm making all these decisions and I'm going to go back to my team and say, hey, here's the opportunity for me to go after. Like, are we good? Like, what, what does that relationship look like? Yeah, I, th- I think it's important to number one, like understand the landscape, right? So when I first joined Drift, the first thing I did was, where's the opportunity? Where's the low-hanging fruit? What is the general space I'm in? Who's doing what? And is there room for us to do things that are a little bit outside the box? It's very important to do so, to do more outside the box things when you're trying to create an advantage. Maybe you're looking outside of traditional avenues, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, I'll look at things like beyond just creating content. I'll look at things like, are there other properties that we have somewhere in our domain? Or like, are there other things that other spaces are doing that maybe our B2B space isn't doing so that we can then use that as an advantage, right? So there's like the forward thinking innovation, but I would say most of the time for our company, I can't speak for everybody's, we are in super growth mode. So for me right now, it's about execution. It's about finding the right opportunities and executing on that as much as possible. But we also have to keep our eyes open to what's actually happening in the world and say, okay, how do we think a few steps ahead so that we can create advantage over the competition. Okay, so in the, in this line of thinking, so you tweeted before that we were recording, which I think was a really cool idea, and you asked, uh, like, are, are, is there anything that you want us to make sure that we discuss? And uh, Brendan Hufford said, I'd love to hear two of you talk about where you intersect on a regular basis, like product teams and growth teams and marketing SEO and what that looks like for us. So I, I'd love to hear, define for everyone, like, how our teams are set up and then what that relationship looks like. Yeah, sure. So I specifically live on the demand generation team, which is a function of the larger marketing team. So my job is to support multiple parts of the business, right? I'm actually executing, which is doing the day-to-day parts of my job. I'm also looking for, like I said, opportunities for us to potentially grow outside of the traditional stuff we're doing today. And then also, like, we have these kind of up-and-coming things, like we have new products and features that are released, or like the company's evolving their vision and kind of where we're going. And so that's kind of another thing you have to think about is like, where are we today? Where do we want to be in another year, two years, or five years? And then how do I start planting those seeds now? Because a lot of the stuff that we work on does have sort of like a bit of time for it to start to see results. So that's where I need to be really, really tight with the product team, with mm-hmm. the customer team, and kind of keeping ears on the ground. How we specifically work together, although we don't work in the same sort of like pod, I guess you could say, the things that I do impact your specific function, yep. right? So a lot of times we'll keep in touch, like, hey, here's a, an opportunity for us to go tackle, how do we combine efforts on this? Mm-hmm. Good example is like when we, we build some sort of assets to uh, maybe as a link building play, right? In that instance, because our touchless side of the business requires, you know, maybe a cheaper source of traffic, then how I support that business versus a higher LTV part of the business, like our enterprise type of business, that strategy might be totally different. Sometimes they do coincide. I need to have my pulse kind of like on all parts of the business so that I can anticipate what the needs will be. And especially here at Drift, because we move so quick, it's to my advantage I would be at a disadvantage by not understanding what's going on so that I can get ahead of those things. Yeah, and as we are releasing new products, the more I work with you, the more I learn how critical it is to say, like, hey, Bill, we have this thing coming down the pipeline. We're going to need some distribution for it. Like, where do you think the space is, right? And then Bill comes back and says, here are the three opportunities. Like, I think this is a big, a big 
potential win for us. Yep, totally. And I think like that puts it a lot of pressure on if you want to be successful, that puts a lot of pressure on your prioritization and making sure that you're sticking to the things that have, I guess I could say, like you want to make sure you place your bets in the right way Mm -hmm. to make a poker analogy. So there are some really low hanging fruit that I'm working on. There are things that are long term strategic stuff that I know is coming down the pipe. And then there's like sort of like the stuff that falls in the middle. I think it's really important to make sure that you keep that vision because if you don't, you're going to end up just working every single day and all of a sudden you're not going to make those bigger gains. So it's super, super important for people out there to kind of step back for a second and make sure that you have a sound strategy because, again, we're just so busy that it's very important to make sure we're, we're, we're doing those things. Yeah, I think a lot of what I've learned from you is that it has to be strategic. Like you have to think about SEO from this strategic perspective, whereas my view on it was, all right, well, you know where you're ranking and then you just make those go up, right? You you show up on the first page rather than the second, and so you work there. And it's so much more than that in saying, all right, like, where do we want all of this to go, and how do we think about it holistically and step beyond ourselves yep. to get six months ahead, 12 months ahead? Yeah, and it, it, like, you need to understand your business and your users, right? So, like, if you're in B2B software, it makes a ton of sense to have that person deeply integrated with, like, your product strategy and where you're going as a business, because... You want that to be a part of the fabric of how you grow, right? Search traffic today is still a very, very important part of how people grow in the software space, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's okay to think as SEO is kind of like a nice thing to put on. It depends on your business, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, we would be making a mistake by not not doing that. I would say that if you're not sure where you land, talk to people, look at the data. Where are people coming from? Are they not coming to you from search yet? That might mean that there's demand out there. I would just think about the types of people you're trying to attract and like what are their behaviors. This is going to be a slightly off topic here. I have another question. So is there within the SEO community, I'm going to draw an analogy. So you got a sales rep, let's say a drift, and then they wind up in spaces where they're trying to sell a deal to a client that's looking at three other competitors. And so the sales rep knows that they're jockeying against these other sales reps at competitors to try to get the customer to go with them. Is it similar in SEO? Like, do you think about the other person at those other companies and all that? Like, is there like a world behind the scenes there? Actually, I've made some of my best friends in this space because of that. Oh, that's awesome. So like a good example is there's a community that I'm, you know, involved with called Traffic Think Tank. It's fantastic. It's basically a closed Slack community. And I've actually become friends with people that I was competing against at previous gigs. So I've I've always found it fun. But I think like SEO is kind of one of those really tight communities where like there aren't tens of thousands of people in it. So it's in your best interest to get to know those people. I owe my entire passion and like career basically off of the people who are awesome and were very, very welcoming and were willing to share things. This isn't a black box. It is a system. It is a process that you apply to an algorithm, which is basically Google, Mm -hmm. to make sure your website rank. And so, like, a lot of the foundational elements you can learn on your own. But, like, I think the thing that woke me up the most was hearing the creative solutions people came up with as I'm going through my career and kind of understanding SEO a little at a deeper level. And not only that, but, like, it's great to have someone who you can bounce ideas off of. This is no different from any other space, but I think particularly in SEO where, like, a lot of things aren't kind of figured out, and that's the reason why it's interesting to me. Those are the relationships you want to keep. Just really valuable. That's great. 
All right. I don't have any other questions here. Do you have anything that you feel like you wanted to say or cover that we didn't get a chance to touch on? I'm sure we could talk a lot more. (laughs) I'm sure we could. But uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Thanks for joining. And all of you who are listening, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And as always, if you have any questions, suggestions, potential people to join, whatever it is, that would be great. Feedback, my email's mattadrift.com. If you enjoy the episode, I would love a review on your favorite podcast app. And with that... That helps uh, with our rankings. It helps with the rankings. (laughs) Yes, there we go. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks again. 